What's up guys, Johnny Sins here, and welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are going to be talking today about how week seven went, previewing week eight. We are now halfway through the season, so I thought it would be also to just kind of run through the standings when we are done talking about week seven in review, uh, just so we can kind of see the playoff picture and how it's how it's kind of uh, panning out as the weeks kind of pass here. Also, we can discuss teams that have been eliminated from playoffs, teams that have clinched the playoff spot, uh, and then go from there. So, week seven. What do you think about week seven, Justin, in general? It was a pretty crazy week. There, there were some pretty wild get endings in some of those games, and uh, Gulag had a little bit of drama too. So let's talk about Gulag and who went through the moon door. Well, I'm the lord of the veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me, or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh, break through the moon door. And there goes Tyler straight through the moon door. Tyler and Joe were eliminated this week in the Gulag. Joe had a score of 53.6. That ain't going to get it done. And Tyler had a score of 57.7. But spoiler alert, Tyler could have survived the Gulag this week. So to put that into perspective, Tyler, his uh, his matchup came down to Allen Robinson and Tyler Higby in regards to him surviving. Allen Robinson got knocked out with a concussion later in the game. Tyler Higby, though, was ruled out two hours prior to the game. Now, why do I bring this up? Because he could have picked up Gerald Everett and started him and survived. And Mulberg would have been out. That's what I call fucking yikes. Yeah, even like Robinson had a good performance. But we did the numbers, and if he moves Everett in there with that touchdown catch and a good game, he's safe by about four points. So I guess he didn't want to be in the gulag anymore. Yeah, he was. He had his time. His time was we had can't come. Uh, Joe surprisingly got eliminated. He had die. He had Aaron Rodgers. Or sorry, he had Aaron Jones. He had Josh Jacobs. He had Stephon Diggs, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams. And somehow he got eliminated. He was one of the top teams 
on the season, and he just completely shit the bed. <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks that he spent like six hundred something dollars on Aaron Jones, and he was ruled out <clears throat> pregame. That's what that's what really screwed him, I think. But all the rest of his team didn't play that well either. Gardner Minshew was his highest score with like nineteen. Yeah. So we are now down to eighteen teams left in the gulag. It's getting tight. I'll tell you right now, I'm really, really nervous about this week because teams are getting a lot better. Teams that were almost an auto to get eliminated, like D Sladke, D Tarpy, both those teams were for sure potential eliminations this week. And they just dropped the bank because they had a lot of money and somehow they made it through. D Sladke's going to make it for a while. Uh, Mulberg's team, though, is still looking a little bit shaky. There's a couple other teams that are going to get hit by, by buys pretty hard. But I'm very, very nervous because David Montgomery does not look good. My second running back is James White, and he was barely even used. I lost out on all my running back bids except for LaMichael Pirine. So that's nice. <laughs> Let's talk about some bids. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's some big bids that went down this week, too, with a couple of those teams you were talking about. So Danny Tarpey put in a $408 bid for Dalvin Cook, and I was already hesitant because I didn't know the status of Cook. Um, but supposedly Mike Zimmer came out and said Dalvin Cook was going to play. Um, even if I wanted to put in my max amount of money on Cook, I would not have won him. So Cook is going to play against Green Bay on – Sunday, that's an auto start, obviously. Sla- yep. oh. Yeah, D. Slabke then uh, went and put $369 nice. night on Aaron Jones. And then today, uh, Matt LaFleur said it's not guaranteed that Aaron Jones is going to play this week. <laughs> yeah, it sounded more so, so doubtful that he's going to play. Yeah, so like, a pretty, Aaron Jones could be the kiss of death two weeks in a row. <laughs> For people to pick him up in Gulag. We'll see. And then Vince picked up Josh Jacobs for $327. This was a guy I thought I could for sure get. Um, I'm in this league with... It's another guillotine league, but it's with one of my guys back home. He made the league. I put down a $250 budget uh, waiver, waiver pickup on Josh Jacobs. I could have literally gotten him with a $0 bid. Not a single other person in this league put a bid down on Josh Jacobs. I was pissed. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know how. That's ridiculous. He's really good. Not the, He hasn't been great this year, that's for sure. He's definitely underwhelmed. D. Slack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, D. Slack again, man. 313 on Stefan Diggs. He's trying hard to stay alive. Uh, that, that was a really good pickup for him, though. Yeah, man, I don't know. D. Slacky, he was stacked, though. He had guys like Van Jefferson, who at the most has had 8% of the snaps starting in his flex. Uh, he had started <laughs> Javon Wims, who's like the wide receiver five for Chicago. Uh, Malberg is starting guys like pa- pa- uh, Patrick Laird. He, I remember at softball, he even said, yeah, man, I didn't get rid of Jason Sanders, kicker for the Dolphins. He's been lighting it up. Had to keep him through the bye. I'm like, dude, come on. A second kicker. <laughs> and Patrick Laird, who is getting like 10% of the snaps in Miami, if that. 
He's on his bench still. Like, what are you doing, Malberg? And when we were talking to him at softball, he didn't even know who Patrick Laird was. <laughs> yep. Uh, if he doesn't make any moves quickly, I don't know how his team survives this week. But he, the funny thing is he has $700 left. So I think it's him, Brad, and then uh, Ryan's old roommate, Drew. All of them have $700 left. Everybody else is uh, around $500 or less. So they do have the money to, or he does the money to spend. He's just not even putting a single bid in. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you talked about Drew because Drew did spend some money this week, and he went down and put $112 on Allen Robinson. And then now Allen Robinson is now in the concussion protocol and is um, unsure if they're playing this week. So Billy also put in a bit of $111 for Allen Robinson. That was wild. We have still not seen a tie on like a big dollar amount yet so charlie uh charlie actually won hunter henry for a hundred dollars so about a tenth of his budget that was a good move though because he was starting chris herndon the fourth as his tight end and i'm feeling the effects of that in sarcastiball uh back-to-back fat zeros for chris herndon so hunter henry will at least catch a couple balls i would assume for charlie there in the tight end yeah, that's a that's a big yikes, Hunter Henry, big upgrade. Uh, and then my fiance Sam ended up getting uh, J.K. Dobbins for seventy five dollars, and then Richard Rogers for seventeen. Uh, her tight end was on by, her one of her running backs was on by, and she needed an upgrade as well. So she was pretty excited to get both of those guys. And then Charlie makes another bid. He lands Mike Williams for a very discounted price because Mike Williams has had a couple of really good weeks, but he's also had a couple. Uh, yikes weeks but with Justin Herbert being as good as he is right now who this is crazy to me on a points per game basis Justin Herbert is the quarterback six in the NFL right now for fantasy football that's insane he's that, that this past week though that was incredible literally had a 50 point game wow <laughs> so yeah Wait, 64 no, it was 45 in our league Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of because I have him in Megalobowl and he scored me he scored me fifty points because you get points for like a bonus touchdown for yardage. And he had so he had fifty points and I still lost because the guy I was playing had Tom Brady with forty eight and a half. Yikes. <laughs> so very discounted price for Mike Williams. It's a nice nice flex piece for Charlie there. So we'll see what happens this week. After this week, we'll be down to only 50% of the league being left going into week nine then. So we are going to talk now about some cookies. Cookie! All right, so let's talk about the cookies. This is becoming your baby now. Let's talk about week seven. The quarterback for our league was Will. The boy, the man's Justin Herbert, 44.48 points. Absolute steal. But Will still won't give me him for a fourth-round pick. I don't know why why he won't do that. Yeah, I mean, your reaction from the the draft pod that we did, um, or the draft Zoom call that we did when you exited the call and were really pissed, you kind of could turn to 180 on that one, huh? (laughs) He is (laughs) an absolute franchise quarterback. Let's go. It sucks, though, because the Chargers, if they don't win many games, I don't even know like what they should be targeting with that pick. 
because their defense is really, really good. They're, I mean, like, honestly, could they benefit from a guy like Jamar Chase or maybe more so on the offensive line? I would say, like, Pene Sewell, if they could get him, that would be unbelievable. But I don't think he'll be available when they get on the clock. Yeah, offensive line probably would be the easy one there. But beyond that, I don't know who you're going for. <laughs> uh, then, uh, at the running back spot, another guy, two in a row for Will. And this is an incredible waiver pickup. James Robinson, he's been scoring like crazy this year. 31.7 points for Will. And then we really didn't have that many other great uh, running back performances this week. Alvin Kamara gets another cookie, but he only had 22.8 points. There's a couple others that were really close. I I was just surprised that 22.8 got a cookie. Yeah, so running backs weren't too crazy this week, but wide receivers, man. Tyler Lockett by Ryan. I believe he had 19 targets from Russell Wilson this week. 53 points for Tyler, for Ryan. Uh, and he does come back from behind and get the W. And then our second wide receiver, we had Devontae Adams. Goes without saying, he was a monster as well for you with 44.6 points. Yeah, that wide receiver position went off this week. Uh, then at tight end, Darren Waller gets another hooky for Stirk with a 17-point performance. Compared to the wide receivers, that looks like nothing. But that's a pretty good score <laughs> for a tight end. <laughs> And the flexes then we had Tyler Boyd, who had 28.7 for Spaceballs. Why do you have 28.7 for? Did you get a tackle or something? No, he threw a pass. He had oh. like a nine-yard pass or something. <laughs> That's weird. And then the second flex was Deontay Johnson. Unfortunately, he's hurt again, but he is so freaking good. 30 points to Cascade Bear. Deontay Johnson gets a cookie. Oh, I didn't see that he got hurt again. He's been struggling so hard with injuries yeah, this concussion year. Concussion again. Ugh. Uh, then at kicker, we have Matt Prater, formerly on Randy's team. Now he's on Danny's team, and he got 15 points this week. That ain't no Matt Gay performance. Def- <laughs> defensive line, we got Miles Garrett. This has become a pretty common theme here. Sterk with 12 points. Uh, then Devin White, the top scorer for any IDP player in this league this year for Spaceballs. Devin White with a 22-point performance. That was that was something. And then for the defensive back, not linebacker, we have Buda Baker with 17.5 to Tyler. I believe he has either three or four cookies. I know we'll talk about that in a second. But stud backflip for Buda Baker. Yeah, four. Uh, by far and away the best IDP so far for our league. Uh, and then in the IDP flex spot, Danny gets another cookie with a Dan Brown another 15 point performance cookie as well uh, two two cookies this week for Danny both of them with 15 points so in total we had 353.82 points for our cookie team that comes up second this year uh, in our cookie count for week seven so second place the highest is still 365 in week four any players that stick out that having multiple cookies um, being added to their resume after this week? So I know you mentioned uh, Buda Baker. He's got four. And the next closest for DBs is one. Yeah. Um, I, I texted you a, texted you yesterday. I put yeah. A couple of them. So I see a couple here. Uh, Miles Garrett has three for defensive linemen. Um, Darren Waller got his second cookie for tight ends, so he's now tied. With Kittle for some uh, other... The other 
Other yeah. people in the three cookie column. Um, Adam Thielen has three. Uh, Kamara has three. Miles Garrett has three. And then the top cookie getter in our entire league is Buda Baker with four. Yep. And it's weird because Kamara has three, but James Robinson has two and everybody else has one. So James Robinson has just been incredible, to say the least. Absolutely. An undrafted rookie let all the teams pass on him, and that's a mistake. <laughs> so looking at the team totals here uh, for cookies, first place we have Johnny Sins never quits with 11. <laughs> He showed that he never quits. He never taps out after a .9 victory over Team Mrs. Burrow, who continues to talk shit and not follow through with her talking shit. <laughs> so we have second place, the Hearst Locker with 10. We had Outdoor Furnishings uh, in a three-way tie with nine with Lamar and Friends and Vandenboom. Here comes the Vanden Boom. Okay, so here comes the Vanden Boom, and then we have uh, a two-way tie with eight between Team Backflip and Friends, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Two-way tie with seven Team Amelia Clark fan, who's been the most disappointing team this year for sure, and the kick is Gould. I say disappointing by their standards. Otherwise, I'd say Will, uh, but that's also because of a lot of injuries. Then we have Spaceballs, the FFT with five, and then a two-way tie at at eleventh. Between King Henry's Kingdom and Mrs. Burrow with four. So we are going to come right back and we're going to talk about week seven. I'm guilty of a far more monstrous crime. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. You are not on trial for being a dwarf. Oh, yes I am. I've been on trial for that my entire life. Week 7 is in the books. We unfortunately did not see any trades. I feel like it's been a long time since that has happened. So we saw zero trades in the past week, but we had some pretty influential waiver pickups this week. So starting with Rashard Higgins. Uh, he had eight teams bid on him. He was won by Will with $31. I know you were shocked by it. I actually wasn't. And the reason I wasn't shocked by it was, first of all, he's number one on the trending list. With OBJ going down and Jarvis Landry already being rostered, I figured someone would be throwing some money on it. I mean, I guess I did too. And the shock for me was is that in another league that I'm in, eight-team league, Rashard Higgins' waiver claim at the same time that this waiver claim came in was for $2, <laughs> and he got him. And then all of a sudden I go to this league and it's 31 I'm like, what just happened but i that I, it just took me a little bit to realize this is a much deeper league um and richard higgins has had a pretty solid performance being wide receiver three now being wide receiver two i'm expecting some big gains from him i 100 percent understand the bit it just took me a second to go from two dollars in one league to 31 in another sure like that was that was the big shot for me but uh, he was obviously very popular because will didn't win him by that much yeah then we had Marquez Callaway for the Saints go to go to uh, Little Slads with seven dollars. I did not. You, did you know that he's actually hurt right now? So he actually had a pretty solid game last week, a PPR game, and uh, we who knows what's happening with Michael Thomas. But um, seven dollars, it's not that much money, but he is kind of banged up right now. I wonder if this is more of a long term play. Well, because um, he. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has 
COVID or was in contact with someone with COVID. Uh, and Michael Thomas, they don't know who the hell, what the hell's going on with him. So he was wide receiver one last week and performed pretty well. Uh, if he's healthy and Sanders is still out and who knows what's going on with Thomas, that's a pretty good pickup. Sure. Then I got Nelson Aguilar back again. I think this is the second or third time I got him. But this time it was for real. So I got him for only $6, and um, he is seeming to be the wide receiver one in Las Vegas. I mean, not only is he a deep flyer type guy, Philadelphia has to be pissed. That's what they were talking about on PMT today. Or I don't know if it was PMT or if it was on Greenlight Pod. But they were saying how, how, like, Nelson Aguilar was dropping everything with the Eagles, and, like, so many people wanted him gone, and now he's, like, looking like a gem with the Raiders. I think he just he just needs to change the scenery. I remember like that Philadelphia guy that was interviewed um, about like saving somebody if like a fire or something, and he's like, "I'm glad I wasn't Nelson Aguilar because I would have dropped him coming out of that." I don't remember the YouTube video that happened, but it was just Eagles fans hated that guy <laughs> from all the drops that he had. Yep. But they still resigned him a couple times for like cheap. Raiders signed him for cheap, and now he's wide receiver one. Like he's having a good year. Yep. Jarrett Stidham went back to Randy for three dollars. So he's handcuffing Cam Newton, let me get that straight, because Belichick came out and said Cam Newton is easily the starting quarterback moving forward. So he gets back Stidham to handcuff his quarterback. Yeah, um, he's looked pretty rough last week. Stidham, yeah, even when you gave him the chance, he looked horrible. Who knows? Potentially um, Newton is still feeling some of the effects from COVID. That's when it's something that was when it floated. Um, I don't know. He Newton just looked rough, but every time Stidham comes in, he has close to a 30% um, chance of throwing a pick. <laughs> uh, I, remember seeing, I remember seeing in a, an article, it was like in 12 attempts, Stidham has three picks. Oh my God. Then all of a sudden in 20 attempts, Stidham has four picks. <laughs> and after last week, he has five picks in his career for probably about 25 passes. Uh, that's not a good uh, stat to have. Um, yeah, you can handcuff your quarterback, but I'm not sure Stidham is the answer. <laughs> and then we had two defensive backs get claimed. Spaceballs took Malcolm Butler. Lefty took Keanu Neal. The only reason that they were two, two bids is because I put a claim in for like five defensive backs for Shaquille Griffin because I was dropping him regardless. So uh, I just was banking on myself getting one of them i actually ended up getting harrison smith back who slipped through the cracks (laughs) yeah he was was gone for so long from your team Uh, yeah i just put that in because it was a little a a little ironic that um two different defensive backs were uh, bid on for zero dollars there was a couple other bids that for zero dollars that went through no problem that we were going to talk about although we lost fat randy oh no not again (laughs) why do they keep doing this so um, I wanted to kind of slip this in here because we didn't have any new mailbag questions this week. I know that we said we were going to come back to a question from last week, which was who are your top five dynasty wide receivers right now? So I figured we'd slip that in here because there's no point of us having a fourth segment with no new mailbag questions. So uh, who were your top five dynasty wide receivers right now i'm gonna go with one of them being denzel mims crickets yeah exactly no um 
I think Denzel Mims could be good, but uh, I, that was a joke. All right, we got Michael Thomas. I have no idea what's going on in St. Uh, New Orleans right now, but going into this year, he was like unquestionably the top receiver. Um, uh, then I had a couple guys that I wasn't sure about, but I kind of eliminated. I had uh, Kenny Galladay, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and Adam Thielen. I all were are in my top ten. I just wasn't sure where to cut. But then when I made this top five list, I'm like, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams was on my team, thankfully. Aaron Rodgers gives him the ball all the time. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins on your team, uh, he looks incredible, both in Houston and now with Kyler Murray throwing him to him. Uh, Calvin Ridley, he was the number one fantasy receiver for a while. Um, he is young. He looks incredible in Atlanta. And then Tyreek Hill, the touchdown machine, with Pat Mahomes throwing in the ball, he just scores. So I believe I have all of yours. Yes, I have all of yours, just in a little different order. So I start off. Were yours in order, or are they just listed? Uh, they were just listed. Okay. I didn't put an order. So I put mine in order. My number one is Devonte Adams. My number two is Michael Thomas, uh, but that fluctuates anytime. Um, who I unfortunately was not able to get Michael Thomas in a trade because I guess it makes my team worse, supposedly. Uh, so number three, then we have DeAndre Hopkins. So we have the same, or I guess you didn't rank yours. I also have number four, Kelvin Ridley, and number five being Tyreek Hill. But very, very close behind Tyreek, I have DK Metcalf. So I basically have them in like a 5A, 5B situation. Yeah, uh, I think Kenny Galladay and A.J. Brown were the two that I wasn't sure if I should throw in the top five. Uh, A.J. Brown just being uh, banged up, but and Galladay as well. But both of them uh, make some incredible plays. So let's talk about this past week of the NFL, starting with probably the game of the week. And the game of the week took place in Arizona. So we had Arizona versus the Seahawks. I swear every single Seahawks game that's in primetime, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, and it was this time as well. So the Arizona Cardinals ended up getting the victory. Um, bunch of crazy stuff happened. Probably the play of the game was when DK Metcalf chased down Buda Baker at like 23 miles per hour or something crazy like that from all the way down the field um, after a pick that should have been a pick six walked in. Um, and then there was a video that came out of Buda Baker. He was like walking on the sideline. He's like, how did he catch up to me? <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. Like Russell and Kyler played incredible, although they had a couple picks apiece. But the Cardinals were down by I believe 10 with about five minutes left, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And the Cardinals came back. They scored a touchdown. Seahawks had an offensive possession. Uh, they got rid of some time and they couldn't hit or did they, they kept running, right? Yep. Um, instead of passing with, you know, the probable MVP so far this season, but another, that's another discussion. Um, Cardinals get the ball. They go all the way down and they tie it up going into overtime and then overtime all hell broke loose yeah um and then also i wanted to backtrack quickly i know deandre hopkins uh he was like one-on-one -on -one with a corner and there was also a video that came out of kyler like he saw the one-on-one -on -one coverage and he started like geeking out and he just like tossed <laughs> the ball and deandre hopkins just like caught it and just fell into the end zone so he like knew yeah. that was gonna happen and DeAndre was even tweeting about uh, tweeted a response to that too. He's like, eh, "That's what that's what happens when I'm wide or one on one." <laughs> yeah, um, and then also they were commonly calling Russell Wilson like the moon ball guy or like 
the moon king. So I wonder if Russell Wilson just like pictures himself being in the moon room, throwing the ball at the moon door, and then Tyler Lockett somehow catches like every single ball. <laughs> Tyler Lockett's performance was just ridiculous. Like he had made some incredible catches, and he Russell Wilson just kept dropping it right into his hands all yeah. over the place. It was wow, what a game he had. Okay, so uh, I know you wanted to talk about overtime though. Yeah, so there was a play in there that you and I completely disagree on. So uh, the Cardinals and the Cardinals, they had a second down and 15. It was probably like a 40-yard field goal. At the time, the Cardinals had two timeouts. Um, and what did they do? They settled to just kick a field goal with like four minutes left in overtime rather than just running the ball when they were averaging like six yards a carry with Chase Edmonds. So they – would not have been stopped. They would have gotten a couple yards, and then guess what? They end up missing that field goal on second and 15. I thought it was completely idiotic play call because why did you not take those extra extra yards? If I don't care if it's a confidence thing. You're still giving yourself a higher possibility by taking those downs when given the chance, timeouts, and time on the clock. So this is where I come in with that. Um, I know a couple years ago when the Packers were in overtime against the Bengals, they had a, like a crazy 67-yard play. Um, and instead of just trying to advance the ball more, they're like, well, we're in overtime. The Bengals aren't getting the ball. Let's just kick the field goal. Let's win the game. And it ended up being like probably about a 40-yard field goal. The Packers win. It's all over. Uh, I think with some of the Cardinals and Seahawks injuries in that game, I think they were just trying to get out of there with a huge division win. Um, and the play before that field goal does not get talked about um, it was a rough snap. I think it was like a botched play. And Kyler Murray almost got his head taken off by the Seahawks defender. And that's why they lost five yards. And after that play, I'm like, okay, shit. Like, just kick the field goal. Go win the game. And then Cliff Kingsbury um, ices his own kicker because yeah. he was about to delay a game penalty. Uh, but he still makes the kick uh, even though it was called off. And then when he goes to kick it again, that's when he misses. Um, I I see. I don't have a problem with that because it was still a makeable field goal. Zane Gonzalez is a good kicker. Uh, Kyler Murray almost had his head taken off, and the Cardinals were going to escape with a win and take um, and give the Seahawks their first loss of the season. That's an incredible momentum boost. I had no problem with that. I I, I just don't know how it went wrong. <laughs> Well, I just think if you're given the opportunity to advance the ball further, you and like like I said, they had time and timeouts. Even if it's a pretty manageable field goal, you're you're putting yourself at a disadvantage to just potentially put the game on the line. Like they missed the field goal, Seattle gets the ball back. You know what I mean? Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. DJ Dallas, who may be the starting running back this week for Seattle, I, did you see the play where he just like completely missed? Missed the block, didn't even attempt the block, and Russell Wilson just got completely lit up. I know that the the Cardinals were getting uh, getting to Russell Wilson pass through, but I, I did not see that one. Um, I know they went crazy blitzing in overtime, where they got the ball back eventually, and they were able to go down and score the game winning field goal. I still think they made the right choice for the field goal. It's just they, the problem was is that they iced their own kicker, and then he missed it. Don't ice him; he makes it game over. <laughs> <laughs> so the falcons accidentally fall into the end zone which a lot of people have been debating if todd Gurley even broke the plane i thought he broke the plane personally uh, but you could see it was just a similar situation to like what happened with penn state he gets the first down 
he forgets the fact that, oh, I probably shouldn't score, so we can just kneel the ball, and the game's over with. I think the Lions had, like, one timeout, right? Something like that. They, they didn't have any way to get the ball back. So, of course, the Falcons score, and they blow the game for themselves as well because TJ Hawkinson scores with, like, nine seconds left in the game. Lions win. Just, Zero seconds. Oh, so as time expired, my God. So mm-hmm. And he was wide open. I don't think there was anybody around him either. No. Um, and it's really ironic is that a couple of years ago, Todd Gurley with the Rams um, screwed a bunch of fans people over. I know PMT was talking about it. Um, about twice where he went down with a chance to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So then this time, he goes, he doesn't get down in time, and you get the Lions defenders cheering and calling for the touchdown, and Todd Gurley being like, oh, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because he knew in the back of his mind, those Falcons defense are not stopping anybody. Yeah. Especially with Matt Stafford with like a minute and 15 left. He had an incredible drive to get them back to score that. Um, yeah, the Falcons' defense, yikes. <laughs> so the the Saints won a very close game. Um, they played the Panthers, correct? Mm-hmm. So I did not watch any of that game. Did you see any highlights from that game? Uh, I know that DJ Moore went off. Um, it was a DJ Moore game. He had like a big 70-yard touchdown, and then he had another one. Uh, I think Teddy was bringing them down with a chance to score, and something happened. I didn't see much of this game either. I just know it was really close and a good divisional game. Uh, the Saints were able to survive without their top two receivers, which was a big win for them. I need to tell you something very, very creepy about DJ Moore. Are you ready for this? It's spooky because sure. it's spooky season. So listen to this. In week five, in week five versus Atlanta, DJ Moore, four targets – or sorry – DJ Moore, four receptions, 93 yards. Week six, DJ Moore versus Chicago, five receptions, 93 yards. Week seven versus the Saints, four receptions, 93 yards. (laughs) 93 yards on the dot in three straight games. (laughs) There was about 70 of them in one play. Yeah. I think he's had back-to-back games where he's had one, like, 70-yard catch for a touchdown. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty spooky. <laughs> so the Browns end up beating the Bengals at a late-time touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones in the back of the end zone. Well, guess what? I actually got a message from Sterk about 30 minutes ago before we started recording, and he said, hey, I accidentally pulled Donovan Peoples-Jones from my taxi. I didn't mean to do it. Can you put him back on my taxi? And I said, nope, it won't let me do it. <laughs> so he accidentally pulled Peoples-Jones. Yikes! Well, I guess he goes to the graduation uh, for the taxi squad. We're gonna we're gonna put something at the end of the year uh, and honor the players graduating from the taxi squad. Um, we know that Chase Claypool should be um, in that what category. Isn't? Here's a weekly reminder. Uh, yes, weekly reminder. Uh, but Donovan Peoples Jones, I guess he's the first. Congratulations! Nice. Um, but yeah, that Browns ending was crazy. Um, Baker Mayfield went 0 for 5 with a pick to start the game off and then became the AFC player of the week <laughs> after five touchdowns and 200 almost 300 passing yards. Seat covers crazy. baby. Seat covers, seat covers. Um and that throw for the touchdown, holy shit, that was so good. <laughs> Unfortunately, we lost Odell Beckham for the season. He's done. The new number 1 is probably going to be a mixture of 
the guy that Will just picked up, Higgins, and Jarvis Landry. We'll see what happens there. Maybe Jarvis Landry takes a lot more snaps uh, as quarterback. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Landry also was coming off that hip injury that was a severe surgery in the offseason, and he's slowly rounding into form to back to what uh, Landry used to be. I'd expect some big numbers. And the Browns also love their tight ends, and they got three of them that are good. Now that Njoku's back, although Hooper just got hurt, I'm, I'm a, a lot of tight end passing is coming for the Browns. Yeah, Austin Hooper actually just had his appendix removed. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm, I'm contemplating whether Harrison Bryant should be brought up from the, my taxi squad right now and starting this week. Sure. I'm still excited on that one. Uh, in other news as well, so uh, Geno Atkins, longtime Bengal, has been there for 10 years. He was traded today to Seattle. And did you hear about what he was doing after the Bengals game? You mean Carlos Dunlap? Yes, Carlos Dunlap, not Geno Atkins. But yes, that tweet after the game was hilarious. So basically, he put his he put his well he put his house up on the market on Twitter, and he was trying to sell it individually without uh, a realtor. Yeah, he's like six hundred thirty-five thousand dollar house in great neighborhood in Cincinnati. Best school district in the state. Um, <laughs> up for sale. Uh, uh, message me for offers. Yeah. And that's Seriously, you knew that gonna get, he, he was either going to be cut or traded, and the yeah. Bengals could get something for him. So. Yeah, they got a player, and they got a pick for it, it sounded like. Yeah, a seventh-round pick. Nice. Um, and an offensive lineman who's kind of struggled in Seattle. So he torpedoed his trade value with that tweet. Yeah. The Bengals... Everybody knew in the NFL that the Bengals weren't keeping him. So the Packers absolutely destroyed the Texans. I did not think that was going to be the case with two stud corners, Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones, all out. Uh, They destroyed the Texans. Jamal Williams clearly can handle the starting role. That's some hindsight for next year, maybe, um, if Aaron Jones walks. But they destroyed the Texans, um, and Texans defense is just so bad. J.J. Watt's press conference after the game, I love that guy. He was just so sad. He's like, yep, this sucks. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, and they asked, like, why Aaron Rodgers was uh, – how he had such a good game. And he's like, well, he threw the ball to the receiver, and the receiver caught it. Uh, and just like that deadpan, and he then he just kept moving on. Yeah, the Packers look really, really good again. Um, they wanted to come back after that rough loss to the Buccaneers, and I, I think they definitely did. It helps that they're getting a couple of guys back this week in practice uh, to get back a little bit healthier. The Eagles came back on the Giants on Thursday Night Football. I went to bed before that comeback even happened, to be honest. Um, but the funny thing is, and I'm not trying to brag, but I'm I'm actually serious here. Travis Fulgham has become the new go-to wide receiver in Eagles, and he's actually looking like a young, budding star. So he was on the Packers practice squad. I wonder if he knows our good buddy Dale Moss. Uh, and the Eagles, <laughs> they're using him as the go-to guy there in Philly and whoever their tight ends are. I just I have to get over the Dale Moss comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Eagles, uh, and literally anybody that has caught the ball for the Eagles has been hurt this year, including their offensive line. Um Deshaun Jackson came back for a game and then got hurt again. Like, it's just insane how many people they've had to go through. And that's why Aguilar uh, doing well for the Raiders really, really sucks for them. But Fulgham looks good. And Boston Scott had an incredible game-winning touchdown catch 
I have him in another league. I think Ryan started him this past week. Uh, he had a great game in, in place of Miles Sanders. We'll see if Miles Sanders is back this week. But Boston Scott looks really good, too. So the Jets also had <laughs> I did not know this. This is news to me. The Jets had a four-yard second half. Come on. Yep. And they got 13 yards in the first drive after second half. Uh, and then they had a couple drives that were negative. Uh, they, they actually had 10 points. Hyperdrive worked in the first half. I think they were beating the Bills. And then... Yeah, they are winning 10-0. The and they had four yards in the second half. Oh I, I couldn't believe it myself when I saw it, and I double-checked, and that was the case. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so the Bills win, uh, get back on track. Would have been an absolute embarrassment of a loss if that would have happened. Uh, it seems like LaMichael Pirine is now going to be the starting running back moving forward for the Jets. I don't know how appealing that is, especially because they play the Chiefs this week. Yikes. Yeah, I think he might be another one that could be graduating from a practice squad near you very soon. Um, but he looked really good last week, and I didn't think I'd be saying that about any Jets running back this year. So the Washington football team, they absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. Andy Dalton got hit pretty dirty by uh, John Bostic. I did not like at all that none of his teammates even came to his defense. What's up with that? Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. I know the Cowboys are missing like a whole bunch of their offensive linemen, and offensive linemen are usually the ones that go like get in that guy's face. But they just don't seem like they care right now. Nope. It's just rough. Uh, I'd hate to be a Cowboys fan right now. Ezekiel Elliott's having like a career worst season he can't can't hold on the football not doing anything stat wise it's ben dinucci time though guys gucci dinucci baby <laughs> and their defense can't stop a fly yeah um they traded everson griffin to the lions which i didn't think they'd be sell uh sellers or uh buyers this year um and then they have other guys um up for trades right now it's it's fire sale going on right now. As soon as Dak left, the, the Cowboys season just went down the toilet. Yep. Kyle Allen's actually looked okay. And I really hope the football team wins the division. Because if they win the division, there's no way they can change that team name, right? That would be that would make it pretty funny, yeah. It's <laughs> it's crazy that people were talking about how the Cowboys made the football team stacks in fantasy look good. Uh <laughs> Like Antonio Gibson, McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Kyle Allen. If you had those guys, you were scoring a lot of points because the Cowboys' defense, oh, my God. Yeah. And now they play the Eagles. <laughs> so, full gum season. Steelers are the only undefeated team left after a very close victory against the Tennessee Titans, the COVID Titans. Uh, seemed like a very good game. I was watching the Packer game, so I didn't really watch much of it, which that was my, my favorite game of the week but um sounds like a good game Steelers play the Ravens this week and Lamar has looked pretty meh this season so maybe the Steelers can continue that streak we'll have to see what happens their defense is just still so good even without Devin Bush yeah <clears throat> and the, the Titans had a chance to win this game and then you had Guskowski miss another kick um late uh to tie it up with like less than two minutes left in the game the, the Steelers kept going uh, it's crazy the Steelers have so much success drafting wide receivers that let's see they drafted J uh, Antonio Brown super late. Um, Deontay Johnson went off this game. Chase Claypool had like one catch for eight yards. 
Although, another one more reminder for Andy to take him off his taxi squad. Uh, James Washington didn't have any points. They just keep getting different guys that are young and are really, really athletic. Each Every different week is somebody new, and they're so good. The Chiefs easily defeated the Broncos this week. It was a little bit snowy in Denver. Uh, snowy enough to the point where Melvin couldn't hold on to the ball, but still ended up scoring 12 points in fantasy. Didn't he have two fumbles? Yep. Your your statistical analysis team definitely felt the repercussions of that. Yeah, I had almost 300 points because I had 120 off of three fumbles between Gordon and David Johnson and a garbage time one and against the Packers. Yeah, the Chiefs defense they had a pick six. They had a kick return touchdown. Pat Mahomes only had like 200 yards passing and one touchdown, and the Chiefs still destroyed the Broncos. The Chiefs just keep finding ways to get it done. I think they're far and away the best team right now, even though they have a loss. So the Buccaneers end up making the news of the week, grabbing Antonio Brown. Tom Brady was the strongest advocate. It is quite ironic, though, because a couple months ago, Bruce Arians said he wanted nothing to do with AB. And here he is. I just got a tweet, and it said that he has been beyond impressed by AB in practices. Uh, But at the same time, if he causes any headaches, Tom Brady's going to want him gone, like, right away, I would assume, right? Well, I even with all of Antonio Brown's headaches and disgusting things he's done off the field, uh, Antonio Brown and Tom Brady are still, like, best friends. They talk about it every once in a while. They have pictures together. Um, I think Brady is helping him through some of these tough times for AB. I still think he stays, but the, the Buccaneers, when healthy, have a really good receiving core. Godwin cannot stay healthy this year. He's incredible. Mike Evans, Tom Brady apparently hates um, because he barely throws in the ball. Uh, and they have like Justin Watson and Scotty Miller, the white slot receivers that Tom Brady loves uh, that look good. They have the rookie and Tyler Johnson, Will's guy who's got two straight weeks with a touchdown. I'm not exactly sure where AB is going to play. He's just going to start bumping out people out of the lineup. I, I would hate to have a Buccaneers receiver right now, I guess, because yeah. – they're all just going to take targets away from each other. Patriots looked absolutely ass. We kind of talked about that with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. Uh, their running game couldn't get going at all. I thought this was a game that they were going to blow the 49ers out after a kind of rough week the week beforehand, but that didn't happen. Um, they got to get it going now or it's going to be too late for them because they ain't winning the division, that's for sure. Yeah, the Bills are, are far and away the best team right now for that. Uh, the 49ers offense continues to be maddening with the amount of ways that they can just plug in a running back and he scores 30 points each week, but you don't know who it is yep. until the game has already started. So last week it was Jeff Wilson, um, and then he got hurt going on IR. Um, then now this week it'll be Jermichael Hasty, the rookie, or maybe Tevin Coleman who just got activated off IR, or maybe Jerick McKinnon. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, most are coming back eventually. They have so many guys that they can just plug into that offense and it just keeps clicking uh kyle shanahan's a great coach 49ers look good again nfc west is crazy good nfc best baby so chargers go chargers go with another huge win over the jacksonville jaguars Uh, only their second win of the season though jags looked really bad the jags have given up 300 yards passing in like six straight games or something um and they're just getting absolutely torched on defense they go into the bye now. Uh, Herbert does his thing to Donald Parham, Virgil Green, D- Jalen Guyton, all guys that are just absolute studs. 
uh, pissing fantasy owners off everywhere unless you had Herbert starting. Uh, Herbert looks like the guy. It was that third quarter where they had like five touchdowns in like five minutes was nuts. Um, that was a fun game to watch. The crazy thing about it also, though, is Keenan Allen's still scoring like 20 points fantasy every single game. So he's still getting targeted beyond belief, even with these random dudes scoring touchdowns with the Chargers. True. We're going to come right back to talk about matchups from last week, as well as a preview of Week 8. So we are going to look here at week seven. Week seven is now on the books. Uh, pending any stat corrections, I've looked at it like 30 times. Praying I don't end up losing this game to Andy would be beyond embarrassing. But as things stand right now, I beat Andy 128.4 to 127.4. So by about one point, Andy moved to 0 and 7. I am now 5 and 2. Um, I mean. My team completely underwhelmed. The only player that came to play was DeAndre Hopkins. It's funny that I say that, but I still have five guys that scored double digits. Uh, Shaq Thompson with another outstanding IDP game. I had two loners on IDPs. It's crazy, though. Blake Martinez had eight tackles in the first half, and he only had one for the rest of the game, which sucks. I thought he was going to have, like, 20 points for me. Mm-hmm. Andy Side, she had 39.6 from Joe Burrow. Uh, 10.2 from Moss and 14.8 from Swift. So decent performances by her running backs, but her wide receivers really disappointed, combined for about 20 points. Evan Ingram with another 10-point performance. In her flex, she started two Patriots, probably not smart moving forward. Nikhil Harry only had one catch for six yards, and Rex Burkhead was 7.7. IDPs were pretty irrelevant. So like I said, I moved to 5-2 and and Andy 0-7. For Tyler, the losing streak continues. So it might have just been all smoke and mirrors, unfortunately. So Tyler loses to Little Slads by 60. Tyler had Aaron Rodgers, even with Devonta Adams having a crazy game. Aaron Rodgers at 35.3. James White, the 1.3. Gross. Kareem Hunt, 19.2. Oh, oh. CD <laughs> Lamb, one carry for one yard. No catches on five targets. Oh, my God. Yikes. Michael Gallup. <laughs> Michael Gallup, zero catches on two targets. Oh, my. Combined point one. That's We need to put that in for the end of the season. That is unheard of. End of season episode that will be discussed. So combined point one points. That's disgusting. Oh, my God. That, the Andy Dalton injury just killed him. And even without that, he they weren't getting the ball to the receivers. Wow. That's – wow. And even Jonu Smith. I mean, I know he was injured a little bit. But one catch, nine yards. Gross. Julian Edelman, one catch, 13 yards. And a tackle, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. One of his IDPs had zero. Buda Baker, of course, came to play with 17 and a half. But the rest is just gross. On little slat side – Wow, I just can't believe that. 
But he did still score 100, and he scored 70 in one week. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. So Todd Gurley, 22.2. He had two touchdowns, including one that was unintentional. 20.9 for Jared Goff and 15.2 Derrick Henry. 17.5 for Tyreek. 22 for Terry McLaurin. 12.2 for Jared Cook. Flexes were pretty bad. 12 points from his kicker. 10 from Khalil Mack. So little slads moves to 3-4 and four and Tyler 3-4 and four as well. We then had Danny against Jake. And Danny won by about eight and a half, seven and a half points. Drew Brees had 27.6 for him. Mike Davis and Clyde Edwards Hilaire were pretty meh for him. Jarvis Landry had about 11 points, even with injury. Stephon Diggs around 11 as well. Uh, Robbie Anderson in his flex 13.5 continues to have an outstanding performance. Matt Prater with 15. He had two double-digit scores in his IDPs. That's two cookies, Deion Brown and Matt Prater. Yeah. So Derek Carr, 23.2 for Jake at quarterback, 18.8 from Antonio Gibson. I don't know why, but he started Brian Hill. I guess he did have Mixon and Aaron Jones out, but Brian Hill was six points. Calvin Ridley, 19.9. Debo with a swan song, 12.2 points. He'll be out for some time. And then Deontay Johnson, same thing, gets hurt, but still scores 30 points. Young Hoku, gross, two points. IDP is pretty relevant. D Slack, he moved to four and three, and Jake, five and two. Oh, if Jake starts seat covers, he wins that week. Yep. They move on to your matchup where you beat Will by about 5.4 points. 194, 194, 188, so pretty high scoring. You had Kyler with a solid 43.1. Right now, Kyler is the number one quarterback in our league. I thought for sure he won the cookie for me, and then he had two quarterbacks that went over. This was the high. Both teams were the highest scoring for the week. Uh, I'm sorry, Will. Like that, that was an incredible matchup. I think we both deserve some W's, but I guess I was the one to take it. Gio Bernard filled in for you nicely with 20.6. Brandon Cooks, 14. Mari Cooper, 15.5, even with some pretty shitty quarterback play. Ebron with 11 points. And then here we go. Devonta Adams, 44.6. That's ridiculous. Lovetavius Murray in your flex with 6.5. And then for your IDPs, nothing crazy except Bobby Wagner did have 11 tackles. On Will's side, he had Justin Herbert, 44.4. Running backs, James Robinson, 31.7. So that's two cookies right there, and he still couldn't pull off the dub. David Montgomery with 11.9. Chris Goblin, 23.8, going into an injury. DK Metcalf, surprisingly, did nothing. And then TJ Hawkinson, 16.9. He started James Washington in the flex with a fat zero. Randall Cobb, 17.5. He was having a great game. And I knew because Pat was sitting next to me and he had Randall Cobb in DFS. And he was cheering on Randall Cobb hard. So he probably won him some cash there. Will Lutz at the kicker with 11 points. So Will moved to 2-5. and five. You're now 3-4. and four. Randy has to be nervous when you keep getting wins because that's not looking good for his pick the more that you win. If you can make the playoffs or barely miss, that trade that Randy thought was like an automatic top two pick. He's going to regret. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Kirsten Kirk's looked pretty good the past few yeah. weeks too. 
So then Ryan played against Sterk, and he beat Sterk by 22 points. Ryan had Matt Stafford with Lamar Jackson on by 20 and a half. Alvin Kamara, 22 and a half. And then Kenyon Drake, Swan Song, five points. Gross. He's already been shit this year. Luckily, Ryan has Chase Edmonds. Kenny Galladay with 17 and a half. Tyler Lockett, again, 53 points. Richard Rodgers, he ended up starting. That came from nowhere, 14 and a half. DJ Chark in the flex, 3.6. He just got married, though. I can assume that he's going to go off next week. Boston Scott, 18.2. Brandon McManus was a one-week wonder. Moving over to Sterk's side then, Josh Allen, very disappointing against the freaking Jets. David Johnson, 16.5. Jarek McKinnon, gross, 0.9, and he had all the opportunities. Well, actually, he only had three carries for negative one yard. What? Yeah, he got a point because he got made a tackle. (laughs) (laughs) Keenan Allen, 22.5, as I kind of mentioned. Will Fuller, 12.5. Darren Waller, 17. Carson with a gross 5.1, and he may miss some time. And then Jamal Williams in his flex with 21.4. Miles Garrett, another cookie. Leighton Vanderesh, who will, continues to add drop, add drop, add drop. He drops and Sterk picks him up, and he scores 10.5 points. <laughs> so Ryan moves to 4-3. and three. Sterk moves to 4-3. and three. Sterk's on a little bit of a losing streak here. And we move on to Randy versus Spaceballs. And Spaceballs won by about 16.5 points. President Scroob had 28.1. Lone Star continues to disappoint with 7. The search for something. Gross. 0.8 points. He did sprain his ankle. Dark Helmet, 11. Concussion Protocol. Uh, no nickname. Adam Humphreys, 2.9. We'll call him COVID Humphreys for now. And then Yogurt <laughs> with 10.5. And Spaceball Trooper, 28.7 in his flex. That's crazy. I know you said that he had a pass. He did get a cookie as well. Um, no nickname, Tim Patrick with 8.4. And then Fat Randy with 10 points. Oh, my gosh. Look at his IDPs. So 11.5 from Montez Sweat, the stunt double number two. And then Dr. <laughs> Schlachten, Schlotkin with 22 points uh, and the best IDP performance so far. On Randy's side, 35.9 from Russell Wilson. Yuck. Four from Adrian Peterson, 3.1 for the $21 man, Corey Clement. And then wideouts, we had Mike Evans, who still sucks this year, 5.7. A.J. Brown, 27.3. Dalton Schultz, 4.2. The tight end woes continue for Randy. Odell, fat zero, out for the season. Julio Jones, 17.7. IDPs were pretty bad, but Fred Warner has really developed into a defensive star, it seems. So with this being said, oh, and by the way, Cam Newton on his bench played most of the game. Negative point one points, gross. Uh, Spaceballs moves to five and two, and Randy moves to four and three. So let's take a look at the standings, and then I'm going to let you kind of preview week eight. So as of now, who would be in the playoffs? We have the number one seed being me at five and two, getting the bye. Also getting a bye with two seed, we have Spaceballs right now at five and two. The three seed, we have five and two Cascade Bear. The four seed, we have Sterk Daddy at four and three. The five seed, we have D Slacky, four and three. And then taking the last seed as of now would be Amelia Clark Fan, four and three on the season. He's got to string some wins together here or he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, Ryan 
uh, is not that far off. Uh, only 11 points, uh, points for because he's at the same record behind. Uh, that's, a, that's a really close matchup for that last spot right now. So I'll let two you... teams that we're going to be in. Yeah. Yeah, if Ryan misses, that would be crazy. Ryan and Will miss it, especially for, mm-hmm. like, Danny, who has some struggles at wide receiver. Like, ew, it's going to be crazy. So I'm going to go ahead and let you preview it week eight. All right, so we'll start with uh, the Kick is Gould, my team versus uh, the Hearst Locker and Stirk Daddy. Uh, I'm projected to win this by one point, which would knock Stirk Daddy, I would believe, out of the playoff picture at the moment, but we'll see what happens this week. Um, so I have Kyler on by, so I'm starting Matt Ryan. Uh, I got Darrell Henderson and Jonathan Taylor. Welcome back. Um, and my flex, or my running backs, my wide receivers are Amari Cooper and Devontae Parker. Uh, might be bringing up Harrison Bryant. Otherwise, I got Aaron Eric Ebron, who's questionable. And then I have Devontae Adams, and we'll see if Gio Bernard gets the start. And then, of course, I got my couple-time cookie winner, Aaron Donald, at D-line. Uh, for Sterk, he's got Josh Allen, uh, who's looked pretty bad last week, but I think he'll rebound against the, the Patriots. Josh Jacobs, who struggled but still unquestionably running back one. Uh, Williams, who probably is the one number one running back this week because Aaron Jones still might not play. Then Keenan and Juju at wide receivers, cookie winner Darren Waller, and then he's going to start a second tight end in the flex spot with Hayden Hurst, with uh, with his team name with, uh, and then Jarek McKinnon. Well, we'll see if he gets more than 0.9 uh, points this week, and then he's got the multiple time cookie winner Miles Garrett at IDP. Uh, that would move both of our teams to four and four, according to Sleeper. I'm not sh- I'm not too sure about this week though. We'll see. Uh, then we'll go to your matchup where you're supposed to beat here comes the banded boom by uh, 20. Uh, Pat Mahomes is going to get like, it's projected to get like 35. James Conner and Ronald Jones are back in your lineups. Uh, you got Travis Fulgham, the new wide receiver one, and Thielen, welcome back from the bye. Uh, then you have Travis Kelsey, number one tight end. And then Mr. Fumble, Melvin Gordon, and COVID Corey Davis as your flexes. Uh, you just picked up a new kicker, and your IDPs look pretty solid. Uh, then we got here comes the Vanden Boom starting uh, cookie winner Justin Herbert, and does not have James Robinson this week, so yikes. Um, but it'll be having David Montgomery and Miles Gaskin the running back spots. New pickup Rashard Higgins and DK Metcalf at wide receiver, and then his flexes are Denzel Mims. Well, uh, welcome to the starting lineup and Le'Veon Bell. Um, I can see why you're supposed to win right now. Um, but Le'Veon Bell and Denzel Mims could be good guys, but I think they need to get a little bit more time in their lineups. Now we move to team backflip versus outdoor furnishings. Um, outdoor furnishings is supposed to win by 22, which would bring lefty to three and five after that really good start. Um, and team furnishings would be six and three. Uh, he's going to start seat covers, giant something, um, Gus Edwards forming the pine uh, because of some running back issue injuries. Uh, Calvin Ridley with the awesomeness. Um, Darius Slayton outdoor something or other. Um, Mark Out- Andrews outdoor speaker system, and then outdoor Aaron Jones. Speaker. Aaron Jones was giant sombrero. Oh okay. Oh, he's not in the game right now. All right, <laughs> in the lineup. Yeah. And Mark Andrews outdoor garden. Something. Um, Outdoor gr- then, griller. 
Okay, I don't understand why I can't see half the nicknames on, the <laughs> are, you on phone. The, are you on the phone? Because I can see them all in full. Yeah, I, I can't see them in full. <laughs> I was trying, I'm trying to do them, and I can't see them. Uh, then you've got Disco Ball, uh, if he stays healthy at the other flex spot. Uh, the Legend, Young Hoku at the kicker spot. Um, then you've got Deacon Jones Award winner, Chase Lounge, One Stripe, and Garden Fence. <laughs> Uh, his, his IDP spots. Uh, not being able to see the second half of those nicknames. I think I got some of those right. We'll see. Uh, and then um, Tyler's got Tao Kappa Kappa uh, at quarterback. What does that uh, mean? I, I don't get that. It's a uh, the, the ESPN came out with an article about some of like the crazy stories. They interviewed a bunch of Aaron Rodgers' old backups, and one year he and a old backup um just said that they were in this fraternity and they just were uh, making fun of like frat boys and just <laughs> talking like frat boys all the time and then that fraternity actually invited them to a party oh my um, god because they found out that they were that fraternity even though they weren't and they just kept going with it and they went to the party and they did all the frat traditions from that frat and everything and the backup was like are we gonna tell him and i just like no we're and just went with it <laughs> I gotta send you this article. There's a couple other just ridiculous stories that Aaron Rodgers has. Uh, <laughs> so then you got Tevin Coleman coming off the IR. Uh, we'll see if he plays. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Then the two, the zero point man, and sorry, the zero point one point man and CD Lamb, uh, Scotty Miller, Johnny Smith. Wow, he's gonna start two tight ends. He's got Gronk and the other flex with James White. No uh, Michael Gallup this week. Interesting. Uh, but after that matchup, it looks like seat covers would be, uh, sorry, outdoor furnishings would be um, six and two, and Tyler would move to three and five. Uh, then we have Fresh Prince of Hilaire versus Lamar and Friends. That matchup is supposed to be decided by point two five points at the moment, uh, with both four and three teams. That's going to be a great matchup. Uh, you got Carson Wentz uh, playing for Fresh Prince of Hilaire, uh, Mike Davis, and uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair. Then at the wide receiver spots, Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs. Noah Fan at the tight end. And then you got Hunter Renfro in the flex. Nice. Um, along with Robbie Anderson, who's been incredible. Ryan gets Lamar Jackson back. He gets cookie winner Amar Alvin Kamara back in his lineup. We'll see if he's going to start, still start Boston Scott, although his projection is pretty low, but we're not sure if Miles Sanders is going to be playing. Uh, Kenny Galladay and 53-point man Tyler Lockett. Um, Richard Rodgers and his tight end. Uh, I never thought I'd say that as a starting tight end this year. <laughs> um, and then DJ Moore and T. Higgins as his flex spots. Wasn't Richard Rodgers a Packer at one time? Yeah, he's the one that caught that crazy Hail Mary that Rodgers threw to on the last game. Against Detroit or something, right? Yep. Nice. One of my favorite players of all, one of my favorite plays of all time. Sorry. Then we have uh, a team Amelia Clark fan who should be able to defeat Andy, according to the sleeper projections, by 23, moving Andy to 0-8. Yikes. Um, Andy's going to start Joe Burrow, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift. Um, that's actually not that bad for running backs uh, where she was this, this uh, offseason. Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Those are some good receivers, too. Uh, Evan Ingram. And then at the wide receivers, or the flex spots, she's got John Brown coming off of injury and Rex Burkhead. Yikes. Um, and then we have 
uh, Team Emile Clark fan with Russell Wilson. Uh, Dalvin Cook should be back in his lineup. Uh, Adrian Peterson, because he's still not sure about Miles Sanders. Then Mike Evans and A.J. Brown. And then um, Traquan Smith and Julio at the flex spots. That Odell injury looming large for him right now. But he's still projected to go 5-3 and three according to Sleeper. And then we get to the final matchup. It's King Henry's Kingdom versus Spaceballs. That that matchup is supposed to be a King Henry's Kingdom victory by less than a point over Spaceballs right now, according to Sleeper's projections. Uh, King Henry's Kingdom would move to four and four, and Spaceballs would move to five and three. But we'll see. Uh, King Henry's Kingdom is going to start Jared Goff, Derek Henry, and Todd Gurley. Those are some good players. Tyreek Hill and Robert Woods, some more good players. And then in the flex spots, you got Carlos Hyde, who could be running back one for Seattle, and Sterling Shepard coming off the injury. And then for Spaceballs, you got Commander Zerk, Zircon. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, then we have Lone Star and the search for something at the running back spots. Uh, Dark Helmet, hopefully, is going to be out of concussion protocol. And SB the Flaw. <laughs> Flamethrower at wide receiver. Then we have Yogurt at tight end. That's always a good matchup with Yogurt there. Um, Spaceballs Trooper number two and Eagle five. Um, and the flex spots. Um, then you got Mega Maid at the D line. Um, I'm not sure what Justin Tucker's nickname is. Spaceballs something. The kicker. Um, Spaceballs kicker. Okay. Uh, then you got Dr. Schlotkin, the Cookie Award winner. Comb guy and BJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that matchup should be pretty good. I'm very disappointed that BJ Goodson does not have a nickname yet. Um, get on that, Spaceballs. So that is it for uh, this episode of For the Throne. We got some good info. Uh, we'll have a pretty nice look at the playoff picture. Uh, I'm already not looking forward to playing Danny in Week 10 when I have all my Chiefs on by. And I think I have like two other players on by, so uh, I need to get my wins now. One eight seven seven, get wins now. <laughs> so we'll see you next time. <laughs>